You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone, as we dive back in Fin Too Deep. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Reason. That's Neil Driscoll. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Neil Driscoll at Neil Driscoll. You can follow myself at the underscore real underscore reason. It is Combine Week. We are literally 11 days away at the time of recording um, from the tampering window opening up. Um, so free agency is just around the corner. And then after free agency is done, next thing you know, it's draft season. Um, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Neil, how you doing? Um, Mike McDaniel is the star of the show. Um, he looks like if he wins especially, he is going to change the media narrative and we could become a team that's a media darling for once in a very long time thanks to Mike McDaniel. I mean, I don't know, Neil, if you saw, but the picture at the Combine of the whole media there for Mike McDaniel's interview, but right next to it was Pete Carroll and not a lot of people were showing up. So it's nice to have a coach that everyone embraces and wants to hear from. And it's nice to feel a different culture and vibe around the team and the organization. Uh, how are you feeling during Combine week, Neil? First of all, man, I got to give you props. You do a lot of these shows. You have a lot of guests, and I've never heard you ever mess up an intro. And I've just was thinking to myself, that's got to be hard to keep straight with all the people you talk to. So, <laughs> you can, but no, man, I think it's an awesome time to be a Dolphins fan, right? Like, there's this energy with Mike McDaniel that, like, you know, it, it's kind of cliche to say, but like, it's really different, right? Like, you can see there's a transparency to the organization that there's never been, you know, Really, un- definitely not under the Brian Flores era. And really, like, you know, I don't even really remember the Joe Phillip era, the Cam Cameron. But, like, you know, it, it's a little bit different. You know, we have, a, what, we have a coach that, you know, isn't afraid to kind of put out what his game plan is, what he thinks of people and players. You know, like, we don't have to hear, like, well, those conversations were X behind or behind the scenes. Like, no, we're hearing him give us details as fans and as media members of what they're trying to accomplish. And, and I think that's great. Like, you know, like if you can play poker and people know your hand and you can still win, you know, that makes you dangerous. So I, I really appreciate the transparency. I think with, 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 with Rich Eisen and, and everything we've seen through Mike McDaniel for the last couple of days, man, it's, it's awesome to have that, to know this guy's so young, but has that kind of charisma where he has become a conversation in the NFL Combine, and it's not just between Dolphin fans. Like, I mean, that like you know, you and I were jazzed when we had this hire. You know, I don't know if every Dolphin fan out there really understood why we were so jazzed, but I, I think that we're seeing that come to life, right? Like, we found out this week that the Sean Watson story is over. You know, like there's no more ambiguity; it's done. Let's. There's no reason for Miami Dolphin fans to talk about the Sean Watson anymore, right? We heard about Emmanuel Agba's contract situation. We've heard they were talking with X. He was transparent that they like to bring Gusecki back, but the way I read between the lines is we're not going to break the bank to do so. So a lot of these things that we're learning and hearing, I mean, it's just it's just, just a breath of fresh air for me 
because I hate the Patriots way. I hate going to a press conference and not being able to believe anything you hear. I don't like the game of secrets because at the end of the day, like you win on the football field and, you know, if the other team, you know, knows a little bit, cause you're not like telling them, Hey, this is the game plan we're bringing. You're telling players on your team that you want to retain, right? Like, I, I just think it's great, man. And Mike McDaniel is awesome. And I see a vision. I, I, I think, for the first time in a long time, there's going to be a focus around this offense, man. And I, and I can't wait to see it. Like he didn't hold any punches about the offensive line this week. Just everything we've seen since he's got here and it's early, right? Mm. We haven't played a game. We haven't had a practice, but I couldn't be more pleased at the current situation. Can I ask you something about McDaniel? Did you see his interview with Peter Schrager on good morning football? Yeah, it was awesome. Okay. Did you see how he talked about untapped, skills with um Tua but then he also talked about untapped skills and he used the word untapped on both players and then he talked about you know he thinks that there's more explosiveness available to Waddle when he gets the ball in his hands Absolutely. and he talked about you know doing more things with him as a route runner if you look at it going all the way back to when he was introduced and he talked about you know you know he basically talked about, you know, having good working relationships and he's really been preaching teaching. Um, well, anyone who did their research knew we were going to get a bunch of teachers. That's the one, you know, you know, you know, out people out here on Twitter trying to push back Neil, but you know, you talked to me privately a ton. You know how much I wanted McDaniel from the moment I found out he was a candidate. Right. Yep. So you, and you, and the whole teaching thing, you knew that was going to come with him and such like that. But, you know, you look at some of the things he said and I know he's humble. I know he's selfless. I know he's egoless. I know he leaves his pride at the door and his ego at the door too, but don't you kind of get the sense that he's implied multiple times. And I believe him that him and his staff is way smarter and better suited for this situation than what the previous regime was like it feels like he's always saying these things and he's kind of like the undertone is like kind of a barb at the previous, the previous regime. regime yeah Absolutely. you know what i mean yeah i i, I said this it's like day. he's out here saying you know we're smarter than they were we'll get this stuff all right don't worry about it yeah they, they haven't spent a penny of their lead league leading cap room they haven't utilized any of their draft picks, but the offense is already better. I can tell. Like, I know it. Like, I don't have to see it just because there's a philosophy and a scheme. The coaching staff he brought with him was actually what's really floored me. Um, you know, we went into this a couple Neil, weeks back, but it's a great staff for a guy who's a first-time head coach. Agree man. or don't agree, because this is what I've said since the hire was made. Daryl Bevel was the best positional coach hire of the offseason by any team. That first name I mentioned in a room after Brian Flores got fired was Doug Peterson. And the reason I like Doug Peterson, if if anyone remembers, was I said there's two names attached to him. And I wasn't thinking about these guys being a really – like I don't care about scheme. Like I, I, I do, but like if you hire a coach and they want to run a 4-3 defense, it is what it is. But it was Mike Zimmer and Daryl Bevel because I thought Daryl Bevel – was a great offensive guy to get on, on your staff. I was attracted to him being the offensive coordinator of this team, to be honest. 
to get him in as your quarterback coach, I, I think was an A plus higher. I, I, I like and that happened because of Peterson going to Jacksonville, but, which is a job Bevel wanted because he was an interim coach. So he had to leave. He couldn't swallow his pride and be the offensive coordinator under Peterson for a job he wanted that he just coached a team for the last four games of the season. Right, yeah. So that made him available to us, and bam, bada-boom, bada-bing. There's only one hire that I think that compares, and it's John Embry, and that's because wherever he's gone, those tight ends that have played for him become all pros. Jordan Cameron, George Kittle. Oh, no, 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 no. But I think the ripple effect of we're going to find out whether we got the guy this year. Yeah, I I would say this. We have five or six coaches on the staff right now that would have been the second best coach on our team last year. And yeah. not, you know, Brian Flores, whether we liked him as a head coach, he was a good defensive coach. I honestly think that we got five or six guys that are better than anyone else. And that's Josh Boyer included from last year's team. Mike Smith, um, Daryl Bevel. I mean, they just did a like Wes Welker was such a good hire, man. Like, I, I just think they did such a good and, and like the fandom of me. Applebaum is going to be a good hire. Applebaum, a great hire. Madison and Sertain coming back, man. Like, I know that, like, they're good players, and that doesn't mean they're going to be good coaches. But, like, Sam Madison was doing really good things with the Chiefs secondary. um, Lejarius Sneed, right, the the guy from Mississippi, was blossoming into a quality NFL starter. Like, with with guys with swagger. He won, you know, his first year as a positional coach. He won the Super Bowl, bro. And... Dude, and Sertain out here was a solid head coach. Uh, he won uh, three state championships, right, in like five years or six years as a as a high school coach. Well, the thing about this, if pers- if Pat Sertain's here long term, and I, I like I know that like this isn't always the way to look at it, but just say that he's here in four years, and his son is a free agent from Denver, and, and he's going to be a top in four years. I think Pat Sertain Jr. is going to be a top five corner in football. Like, just imagine if that kind of leverage could bring that guy here to be your replacement. And, and, he, and this is his home. Right. Like, I, I just think, like, I, I love Sertain and Madison, man. Like, that. my favorite time as a Dolphins fan, win, lose, or draw was with that defense. I, I mean, I like that defense. I, this is going to sound crazy. The Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Sertain, Madison defense, Amazing. I like as much as the Marino offense. I that, that And I love Dan Marino. I've had dogs named Marino. I have a shrine to him in my basement. But, like, that defense was, like, my like that's when I was getting older. I was in high school. I love that defense yeah. so much, man. Um, so Jeremiah Bell, everyone sleeps on you. Oh, yeah, Bell. he was a bullfrog. Uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, and a friend of mine, Chris Berman, used to say, yeah. Brock Marion was a good player there, yeah. man. Yeah. The yeah. Jerry Wilson dime back blitzes that we used to see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Robert Jones and Derek Rogers at linebackers. I mean. You know, Timmy Bowens, Daryl Garner. I mean, just so it much was, fun. Yeah, it was amazing. It's it was true. so much fun. I, I can't – I mean, like, and Jay Fiedler was serviceable, but, like – Oh, if we, we would have had a guy, though, bud, oh. We were ready. We were ready. I mean, we were ready, man. You want to be honest to God truth? All these fans out here thinking we're ready now. Not we yet. were way more ready back then. Let me tell you that. That was a championship. Dude, you want to you want to talk about a championship team? See, that's why I never buy into this championship defense bull crap that we kept hearing, Neil. Because you know what? Let me tell you this right now. That defense would have never allowed Tennessee to run the ball the way they did in that game. That man no, would have no, 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 never no. happened. No. Tannehill would have never made them look foolish on play action consistently like that. They would have never come on, man. That would have never happened, man. That was see what the, the defense we just talked about, my friend 
that's the issue I have is that's the standard I have. So when all these people are like, listen, I, you know, I love X, you know, I want X to retire, you know, but we don't have the linebackers. X is the only player on the whole defenses of that elk of the Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Sertain, or Madison elk. No, and I'm not trying to disrespect anyone. Like we have a lot of good players. Um, maybe a few players that could potentially very good. I, you know, Javon Holland's a guy that I think he could be there. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Phillips could get there. Phillips could get there. I mean, dude, Christian Wilkins slowly is surely moving the right direction, but I don't think he's even going to get there. I mean, you got to think about like Tim Bowens was a top five defensive tackle in football when he was playing. Zach Thomas was a top five linebacker. Sertain and Madison both were top five corners. Jason Taylor, first ballot Hall of, Fame, Hall of Famer defensive end. Got it, man. And I just got to say as a side note, just talking about Zach Thomas and knowing that he's not in the Hall of Fame still pisses me off. Well, it pisses me off when I talk about Richard Webby's on the Hall of Fame. Yeah, too. I mean, but like that defense was so fun. And it was just so funny if you all you remember. It's kind of we, – we're seeing it deja vu. We had oh, – we had – See, the thing is, we had all pros on every level. But let me bring a painful part of it is, remember, we drafted out of Wisconsin, Jamar Fletcher yes. to replace um, Sertain, and we sent Sertain to the Chiefs. Yes. We're seeing that again with Noah Igbenogany now, right? Drafted to potentially replace Xavier Howard and being a complete flop. <laughs> and do you remember who we drafted Jamar Fletcher over? Uh, Drew Brees. Yes, sir. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Worse. Oh man, I, there's there's three quarterbacks that I sold out for during the era where we never had a quarterback. It was Drew Brees. Uh, it was actually Brady Quinn when we drafted Ted Ginn. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was on the Brady. Brady. I, I legitimately was I? I kicked people. Out I still of believe the Browns killed Brady Quinn, but yeah, I kicked people out of my house because I had a draft party and I was so depressed that they drafted Ted. Bro, Ginn. do you want to hear this story? Check this out. I'm like you. I had to have like even when I was a you know a young young kid, right? I, I had to, but this is obviously a bit older, right? And um, anyways, I even since I was a kid, like I always had to have like you know my 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 soda, my my snacks, and my good food for the draft. Ever oh, since wings, pizza, right? exactly, right? Yeah, so yeah. this you know I was working for this landscaping company at the time, and because I was in my early twenties and. They uh they made me um I had to work that Sunday, bro. Ooh. And I remember it was like remember back how terrible like going online for like flip phones to try and find information like that was like ESPN updating. Oh, and stuff. Dude, yeah, the ESPN bro. I dude, I, re- I remember watching the board fall, and I remember putting down. I was like, I forget what I was doing, but I was on the front lawn and I put it down and I was watching. And I remember Brady Quinn was still on the board when it came to us. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And I remember I said, fucking Ted Ginn Jr. And I remember everyone working with me, like looked over and dude. So we finished up. It was an early day. We finished because remember the draft was in the day at that point. Remember? Of course. Right. So I all day. It was the best Saturday year, man. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I had to work, and so I, I get off or whatever. And me and um, my girlfriend at the time, bro, I remember we got some pizza or whatever, and I was in a foul mood, bro. And like my parents were gone for the weekend, and it was just you know it was gonna be a wild weekend or whatever, right? And bro, I remember just like we got into this huge argument, and it was all because I was so bitter that they drafted. Ted Ginn Jr. and I still watch the YouTube video of the live reaction at uh 
the Dolphins official watch party of that. Uh, and I feel their pain when they, right, do, I like, remember like, that too. you know Dude, what I, I mean? I, I don't fight with my wife yet um, often, but if I do, it's usually on a Sunday because I'm always – Yeah, but that's when I was a young, like, kid. Dude, I used to smash controllers over Penguins games at that age too, bro. Yeah, no, I hear you. The Dolphins yeah, will do it too. I, that, that day, and then the third quarterback for me, 2005, we all knew Alex Smith was going one. Man, my background on my computer was Aaron Rodgers in a cow uniform, and, yeah, then, yeah. and we took Ronnie Brown. And I oh, like Ronnie Brown too. We man. got Marino'd. We 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 got marinoed ourselves. We did exactly what happened in that marino draft. We did it to ourselves. Yep. No, I loved Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was was yeah. I wanted him or or I wanted Demarcus Ware. So like I'm not gonna. Ask I remember. Him. I remember. No, I, I wanted. I wanted Sean Merriman actually. I or, wanted Rodgers. I remember really wanting Matt Ryan over Jake Long. Me too. Me too. Um, and I, you know what? The other, you know, obviously I I didn't. I knew we wouldn't stand a chance at like guys like Andrew Luck and stuff like that. But the quarterback that I really wanted us to move up for, and then I, when I found out our coaching staff was really into him, and I just loved him coming out of college, and I guess it might be controversial to say it today, I loved Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. And, and when I when I heard that. that had him, we, us getting him in the second round for a while, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, because remember, like, there was talk Baseball about him thing. not being the number one pick and stuff like that, right? Yep. And him potentially falling to a round 10, and I was hearing talk about, like, us exploring potentially to move up to get around there if he was going to fall around, around there and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I fucking, yeah, I really loved Kyler Murray. Um, I loved Aaron Rodgers, like you said. I really wanted... Matt Ryan, like you said, like, sorry, like, uh, well, yeah, I, I just, you know, but I was happy with Jake Long for the first three, four years. Yeah, he, got, he just out. broke down way too fast. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, though, like, yeah, we're talking about one right. The guy who I was so wrong on, I was like, I want nothing to do with Josh Allen. I want nothing to do with him. I had every quarterback, Rosen, Lamar, Baker, Sam Darnold, all ranked above him. I wanted nothing to do with him. And so when would you start criticizing someone if they like had someone ranked? So like if you had a quarterback who ends up being good, but he was like your quarterback four, would you crap on that person? Or is it when you start getting like quarterback six, seven, eight, nine, where and then they're like core QB one that you like give them crap? You know, I just think it's one of those big variances. So if you have someone who's like number the number one quarterback in there a bust or if you have someone who's so like, let me ask you this i want your opinion so my 2020 big like i'll just give you my top four it went Tua, burrow love herbert two and then eason i think was five if I yeah I, I, i'm actually while you're doing that i'm pulling up my 2020 board as well, well you had you had herbert at two at least because i think you had him in two in the top oh, you're five, just right? you're just saying quarterback right because yeah, yeah i'm just right. talking about quarterback i'm just talking about quarterback yeah, so like my, I'm just hitting it because I saved mine. I'm just thinking about yeah. Wait, I let's so, it. Let's see, here's my top five players that I had in the whole draft. Yeah, right. Herbert was like three for you, wasn't he? I had two a one. Yeah. Chase Young two, Herbert three, yeah. Eric Brown four, and Joe Burrow five. See, that's a hit. That's a big hit. That's a bigger hit than even having him at QB two, if you think about it. Yeah, and then I had Jerry Judy six. The, the guy who I was really right on that I, I had no love for, well, I had Tristan Wurst at seven. I had Jeffrey Okuda all the way down to 30 on that draft. My top 10 yeah, guys, the top 10 guy that I think still going to pan out for me because I had this guy's 10th overall in that draft is J.K. Dobbins. I, I still think he was a good pick. 
man, I, I'm looking here. I had Austin Jackson down in the 50s. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I hear you. God, I had no Abenogany at 56. Man, they should have listened to me for once. I would have been right for once. But it's all good. I wouldn't even have taken him at 56. I think I had like a third-round grade or a fourth-round grade on Noe Benogany, a third, I think. But while I we're talking about draft picks, man, the combine today, what do you think, man? I, my takeaway is like this David Bell. I, I love David Bell. And yeah. you know he's not athletic. He's such a good route runner, and he's so explosive once he gets the ball in his hand. But – and and he's and he's he's a prototypical X receiver, and you know Landry ran like a four or six, and you know you look at all the studs that ran like four or five sixes, four or five sevens, and you know you can name a whole bunch of studs around there. But David Bell athletically didn't test very well. You know the broad jump disappointed, the vert just disappointed. I think he had like what a thirty inch vert or like a thirty three inch vert or something like that. So and he ran like a four six four, I think it was, but. Um, David Bell, um, he disappointed me. Christian Watson, his stock rose. Uh, you know, sure. Chris Olav, you know, the official time, unofficial was like what four two six, and then it got knocked down. Um, you know, it, it was uh, it's the underwear Olympics, man. You know, it's interesting to me that like, you know, you talk about all the guys that interviewed, right? And like, you know, you think about like Zion Johnson, right? Yep. And did you see Zion Johnson basically saying, you know, they, they don't they need to interview me. me. Yeah, right? they have people. Like they, 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 well, they even said they talked about me. Enough. You know, I think a lot of people overreacted on Traylon Burks. The man 6'2", 225, and ran a 455. Like, bro, Jahan Dotson was what? He's 5'11", uh, 178. What was his official time? Do you know? I, I think was? it was 441, right? No, his unofficial was 441. I don't know what his official was. He ran a four four one and a four four seven. Okay. Well, like, look, the thing you know, I think that I've gotten excited about when it comes to the combine. To be honest, is that when I look at the players the Dolphins are talking to, they're talking to the right people. You know, they're four four three. Dotson four four three. They're talking. So his official. There's two people that. So, like, I I, I want to be real, realistic, and I know we're going to do a mock Dolphins draft and bring that to the table next week, but like. Well, we'll do it after free agency. When when I want to be realistic and I say the Dolphins are picking at 29, yeah. I can't say I want Evan Neal because I know he's not going to be there. The two guys that I think potentially could be. Yeah, did he look 337 to you in yeah, that man. picture? He, Jeez. He, looks, he looks good, man, for that, for that weight. But there's two guys that stand out are the guys that I will run to the podium. They're my sixth and seventh overall players in totality of the draft. My number six overall player is Jamison Williams. If we can get that dude to 29, I don't care if he misses half a damn season. Yeah, I actually don't think he's far off of Jalen Waddle. Um, I haven't given him my official grade yet. I think he's going to be – I think he's a more explosive Justin Jefferson. I, I'll be bold and say something crazy. Um, and then the second guy, who's my seventh overall player, is Tyler Linderbaum. And I think that there's a logistic, a realistic chance that those guys could be there. Yeah, I got um, questions for you. Jamison Williams, do his drops at all worry you? You don't want to see him, right? Because you, when you look at other speedy, like I think the best natural pass catcher in the drafts, Jahan Dotson. You know, really good. Uh, you know, fluid pass catcher uses his hands. Uh, you know, create creates separation. You know, just does a good job. Sure, I, I don't. But you know, 
I was worried about as a Jamar. See, I don't think I actually don't think Dotson's a very good separator, and I actually don't think he's very explosive with Yak. Like you saw Penn State give him the ball at the line of scrimmage a lot of times, and he wasn't really explosive when they when they would run screens to him or or try to get the ball in his you know hands what? quickly and I'll let give him roll. Him I do that- agree with you at the catch point. He I agree with you at the catch point. He's very good. But my thing is the guy's like 511, you know, 185 or whatever it is. I mean, we already have Waddle, we already have Bowden. That's not what we need right now. You know, like we need the freaking we need that 6'2 Jameson Williams, like you said. He's 179. He can bulk up. Or we need that 6'2 Traylon Burks because I know he said 4'5'5", five, five, but that guy plays at like 4'4". Four, four. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we need that Drake London, that you know 6'4 galloping beast. You know what I mean? We need something. Like, we need an X. You know what I mean? Like, I would be sure. fine with Michi if you're going to get him in the third or whatever. I know we were talking before we went about where we've heard he might be going and stuff like that. If you can get him in the third, that's fantastic. But, like, we need an X receiver because here's the thing. They might keep Devontae Parker, and we'll talk about that with our mock free agency. But I even if they do this year, like, even George Pickens, 6'3", 195, right? Like, runs a 4-4. You know, we need someone to step in and be that X. Yeah, he re- George the George Pickens thing reminds me of AJ Brown when he got picked in the second round a little bit. But the, the, the one thing I'll give J- Jahan Dotson the benefit of the doubt because I had to do it for Pat Fryer move too. Christian Wint- Watson though, uh, he, six four two oh eight running a low four three. That could be your uh, that could be your X too. But anyways, go on. Sorry. No, I was just saying we watch a lot of Penn State. My wife went there, so that's the team I watch most. Sean Clifford, their quarterback's the worst college. Terrible. He's awful. Team. So like like I give him I give Dotson a little bit on his deep balls and stuff like that like it just like i said like pat fryermuth i still think is going to be a complete stud there was a couple games where i watched when fryermuth was coming out where he'd be open by 15 yards and like sean clifford would two hop a pass to him so you know but i'll say this about jameson williams drops i remember when everyone was making a big deal about jamar chase's drops in the preseason that's what I'm I think about Jameson Williams. Right I, I think Jameson Williams is so good. I think what he measured in, like a little bit over 6'1 today, I think he's as electric and as fast as anybody in the draft when you watch his play speed. And I just think having him and Jalen Waddle, it's just you, you talk about creating separation. Now, they're not going to do the things down the field with the blocking and stuff that, you know, Mike McDaniel is used to having from his receivers, but like I think this is a draft where you can go in in third or fourth round, or you know maybe in the fifth round and get a bigger body guy that you can add because you know I, I think the Dolphins could add two receivers from. There's this not draft. a lot of there's not a lot of bigger body guys is what I'm saying that you know you'd want like okay um that kid out of Texas Tech um Eric uh Uzumaki um, yeah yeah yeah. 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 Izukana or whatever his name is. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that kid, he's 6'2, like 210. I mean, but there's not like, you know, once you get past Drake London, who's a shade under 6'4, and you get past like Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati or, you know, Justin. Um, um, Justin Ross, you're Ross, getting more no. into like the six two guys, and then there's only a limited amount of six two guys out here, right? Like Jameson Williams is six two because like Garrett Wilson and Olaf, they're six foot, but like Jameson Williams and um, what's his face? Um, uh, you know, Traylon Burks, they're your six two guys, you know, because once you start getting like Slay, then you start getting like Slade Bolden and Calvin Austin, and we're getting the guys like five eleven to five eight, Wandell Robinson, and you know, you know, so it's like, I don't know, man. There's, n- 
the let me uh, the best way I could put this draft is there's not a lot of top end talent size wise. No, 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 no. I I know in the receiving class, even Drake London, who's 6'5", is 210 soaking wet, right? He's not 6'5", bro. They measured him. He was just under 6'4 today. Oh, okay. Wow. So, you know, soaking wet, he's 210 pounds. I mean, the bigger guys with some size, like George Pickens and David Bell, like, you know, there's just, but you're, other than that, man, there's a bunch of smaller, quicker guys. One guy that might not be getting a lot of pub out there is. um, Drake London came in at 219, by the way. Kevin Austin from Notre Dame. I don't know if he's even at the combine. He's a 6'2", 215, 220 guy who's probably. He is. He came in at 6'2", 200. Okay. Ran a 4'37 as well. Oh, did he? Okay. So he's another guy that's probably a little bit under the radar. Uh, You know, so yeah, but I, you know. But let me ask you this. Would you take Dotson? Like, you got to take him at like 29. You think he'll be gone by 50 probably, right? Would you take him at 29 or would you just take another if you're gonna get because the thing is he's gonna be a slot guy. Yeah, so, I, I, I so, don't think they're drafting Dotson. I, I know yeah, yeah but but my whole thing is like value wise, if I could get Wandell Robinson and if I could get Wandell in, in the fourth, wouldn't that make a little bit more sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think Wandell probably goes in the third, but yeah, I, but I, I do like Dotson. I, I you really like, think so? I know a lot of people are shocked he came in at five eight. Yeah, no, he's a smaller guy. I I I actually really like Dots, and he's my sixth overall receiver. I, yeah, he's I, my seven. I think we got Bell and yeah, Dotson yeah. We just we just have him right? flipped. Um, I, I just don't think I I think the Dolphins are going to do something different there. Like I like I haven't really worked on a mock yet. Uh, Can I ask you this? Like I love Christian Watson, but I've not embraced my love for him because I don't think Greer Greer doesn't have a track record of drafting from small schools and someone said to me today well reason maybe mcdaniel changed that up should i be uh getting on board or should i still be hesitant like i am well i think chris greer was drafting a little bit with training wheels right because he was pretty transparent that they've wanted running backs and and it didn't happen right so i I think brian flores was overruling some of those things behind the scenes so i I think we're actually going to get to see christopher greer have more flexibility I think there's going to be more cohesiveness and synergy between him and Mike McDaniel. So I, I, I think that, you know, like I, I tell think me what I should do. Should I embrace Christian Watson? What's going on? Yeah. I think Christian Watson's going to definitely be a top 50 pick after everything we saw. We saw him perform really well at the senior bowl. The buzz started. You think he gets, I don't think he gets out of the first, bud. Uh, I think he gets out of the first just because it, I, I, and I'm not no knock on him. I mean, like if you look at the receivers in this draft, Jameson Williams, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and probably Jahan Dotson. Those but six. He's got I the think. athletic profile, bro. That's yeah. The thing, I, I know, you he know does. how they fall. In lo- you know how they always fall in love with an athletic profile, and once you get past Traylon Burks, um, Drake London, and Jameson Williams, I think he's got the the most intriguing athletic profile right in with those three guys. We haven't even talked about the guy who impressed me the most today, which is Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Oh, he's a beast. It reminds me of a young Mike Wallace. Mm. Um, I, I really think that he has outrageous big play potential. Yeah. Um, he like he's a dude that I could see going to like Kansas City in the end of the second round and just being like a stud. You know what yeah. I mean? Like just an absolute stud. He's a really, really good football player too, man. But again, five ten. Yeah, little guy. I mean, look, there's not. But there's he's a not, buck ninety five. So you got there's the not Calvin Johnsons in this draft, man. Like, there's not. And oh no, no, no. I think your closest thing to a Calvin Johnson, if you want to actually go there, is Christian Watson. When you go by their relative, their RAS, the relative athletic score, he's the closest thing in this draft athletically 
to a Calvin Johnson. Yeah, and, and Calvin Johnson's a unicorn. But no, I, I yeah. know exactly what you're saying, man. There's not a lot of six three, six four, big size. Yeah, guys. exactly. Yeah, but no, Neil. What's crazy is it. Think, think about it, Neil. Sit back. Is it your draft guy like me? There hasn't been for like a couple years now, right? Well, yeah, no, you're really on. like, like think about it, man. Like it's been you haven't had what you just said that freaking unicorn, that gazelle, that guy who's like six four. He look glides like he's on skates, elite at the catch point. Like there has not been that guy for quite some time. And my biggest selling point for Sky Moore is that he has two Y's in his name. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, man, right? We're seeing a lot of these receivers like like the last few years really come out of Alabama and People slipping on Pickens, though, Neil. Oh, I, I think Pickens reminds me of like the guy like a Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown physical guy. That's going to be a better pro player than collegiate kind but of. You, you know what? You know what, I, you know what I said to you, though, and what I love about this class. And I don't even know if I could say it about last year's class. I don't think I could. But like. Drake London, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Jameson Williams, Garrett Wilson, David Bell, Jahan Dotson, Chris Olav, George Pickens, any one of those nine guys, you know, within the first 50 picks, some of those guys I'm okay with at 29, other guys I'm not. Some of those guys I'm, and the ones I'm not, I'm okay with taking them and taking that 50. Like, I haven't been that okay with nine receivers either some at 29 or some of them potentially at 50 in a oh, long yeah. time. We got to get, you know what I mean? Man. Oh, we got to get one of those guys. I, no, but I just like the class that much. You know, people are going to look at me and say, Oh, reason you had him at wide receiver eight, but it's like, yeah, but I still like them a lot. It's just because I like the seven guys up there a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 I like this class. It's, sneaky good you know oh, what i mean man. like I mean, it, it's definitely sneaky good i mean like and honestly if jameson williams doesn't get hurt right i could see him he, going in the top 10 to the jets yeah, right he's probably the number one guy. the only reason he dropped on my board is because of his injury but dude i like it like that's where like i, I got it like my number one player that i want for the dolphins right now i'll be crystal clear is jameson williams that's the guy that's making me jump up and down at, uh, i want trailer i want Traylon Burke. Or yeah, Trey and I like Traylon Burke. I'm really excited. But here's the thing: at 29, I'm fine with Linderbaum, London, um, Burke, Burks. Who are they're all, uh, Traylon and London are not going to be there. I'm fine with Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams at 20, 29. Like, there's multiple guys Jordan I'm okay Davis? with. At Jordan <laughs> Davis at 29, I'm okay Nicobe with. Dean, Devin Lloyd, or Nakobe Dean, I'm okay with at 29. Like. There's multiple. If they want to go Zion at 29, I'm okay with that. I George Carl Laftis. Would you be okay with him? Yeah, but I think he's going to go higher than that. You know, I, I, I've been I've been seeing some stuff, man, because of Jermaine Johnson's ascension. Oh, uh, and I Trayvon Walker's he's, ascension he's, that Carl Laftis could fall a little bit. Wow. Yeah, he's a beast. He's good. But like again, I'm fine with him. Like. Uh, there's so many good options at 29 potentially for us. It's going to be very interesting to see how the board falls, bro. Oh, it, it, I mean, and one guy we didn't mention that, and like just due to position value, if Kenyon Green falls, I don't even. Oh, know. oh, he. I think Kenyon Green's going to be a top five guard in football. I think he could play tackle too. Still, I, I, I mean, I, I think he could. I think he can be an elite guard or yep. a really good tackle. I, so I still think. And, you and know, I think it's a bit of a Rashawn Slater effect, to be honest. Well, with you. And, and Zion Johnson is a really, really good football player. Yeah, and yeah. he's a guy that, like, 
To me, that's like that solid B. You think they're going to target Alec Lindstrom if he's there on day they three? could. I mean, look, there's good familiarity. But, like, I, I like, you know, sometimes just because there's harmony there, like, that doesn't mean it's going to work. I, I think that the Dolphins are going all in for wide receiver in the draft in round one. That, is that, Alec, do you think Alec Lindstrom goes on day two, or do you think he may even makes it to day three? Day two means third round, right? Um, he's Second either, and third. Yeah, he's going to go at the end of the third round or early in the fourth. The cool thing about the, the Dolphins draft, even though they don't have a ton of extra picks, I like that they have those two picks in the fourth round. Do we have a third rounder? They have a third rounder. It's 101. It's a comp pick that they got from San Francisco. Yeah, because we had traded one uh, in that. To the Giants to move up for Eichenberg. Terrible. Yeah, but, like, I, I think the Dolphins are got some moves they're going to make. I, I Like, they're going to acquire some more draft picks in, in the next few weeks. I, I think that's – they'll go through free agency. You know, they might flip one of their young offensive linemen for a pick. They might flip – a Devonte Parker for a pick. They None might... of those guys. Who, who are you flipping? That's worth anything, though. I, I think they could get a fourth rounder for Devonte Parker because of his salary. I'm talking about the lineman. Um, Dieter. Can you get a bag of footballs for Dieter? Dieter might get him a fifth, maybe. Um, maybe a team wants to take a chance on Solomon Kinley because he had good tape two years ago. If he gets his ass in shape, um, the, the conditional seventh. There you go. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, and, and like look, look, you got to do that. Like, I just think that's a move that they could do. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if they get the running back situation file, uh, figured out, a guy like Miles Gaskin could be moved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there's definitely a, okay. We're talking about all these hypotheticals. Let's get into our free. Yeah, let's get into our. Let's, our, let's get in, let's get into this, man. I'm excited. Okay, so let's start off. We'll go one by one by each section. Okay. Yep. So we would you would you do first cuts and restructures? Okay. So let's start off with cuts. And do you have your available cap after the cuts? Yeah. Well, let's start the available cap according to over the cap, but going into this was sixty point two million. Is that what you had? I, I had sixty one point two million. Two three. Okay. Two yeah. I, I've seen it a couple different ways. So give or take. Let's just say we're at sixty one million dollars, right? Okay. Yep. So yeah. So well, my for the sake of mine, because I have numbers, I got sixty one point two three two million. So yeah, we're about a million off. Anyways, go ahead. Let's go so, by your cuts. Let's start with your cuts. Okay. So my cuts, and in total, I saved twenty four million dollars with these cuts against the cap. Okay. First is the first cut, and I can't wait to make this one. Is Jesse Davis, right tackle, saves three point six. Yeah. I'm cutting Alan Hearns. It saves two point five. Yep. Clayton Fajetalum, two point eight. Greg Little, one point five. River Crackcraft, the receiver, saves us a million. And then I'm not going to name these guys one by one, but Adam Pinky, Quincy Wilson, D'Angelo Ross, and Cody Core, they each save 0.9, so 3.6 in total. And then there's the two surprises, maybe to some. First being Adam Butler. He's a rotational defensive tackle. Yeah. Saves $4.2 million. I think Zach Sealer's ascension seals his fate. You can go get a guy in the fifth or sixth round that does what Adam Butler does. Not saying Adam Butler is not a good football player, but at that price tag with our needs, have a, have a nice day. And then this won't be popular, but I think this guy's a Brian Flores guy more than a, uh, J- a Josh Boyer guy, and that's Eric Rowe. I have Eric Rowe getting the ax, saving $4.6 million. I I think it's going to be the Javon Holland, and I think it's going to be the Brandon Jones show. And that's our safety core. The Dolphins put out a video the other day, you know, um, which featured exclusively Brandon Jones. I think that's a, a tall tale, and I think they can go in the draft and get somebody to replace Eric Rowe in the middle of the draft. So uh, I, I, I've cut those guys, which created another $24 million, and that puts me at $84.5 million against the cap. 
I mean, in cap space. So after those exercises, I have 84.5. And then I did a restructure on Byron Jones, which would save me another 8.8. So I'm in at $93.5 million in total salary cap space after all of my moves. Okay. So I cut Davis, Fleslam, Rowe, Hearns. I also cut Seaton Carter. Okay. 2.25. I was on the fence there. I kept it because of special teams. I cut Little. I cut Panky. And I cut Butler. So, so you my, cut Butler and Rowe too. So it's not like the, like I, I yeah, know that. No, no, no. I cut Rowe for the same reason. He's a Flores guy, and you got the ascension of Brandon Jones. That's nine million bucks for those two guys. Yeah, exactly. And Butler, I agree. There's not a lot of depth in the front seven there, but at his price tag, his snaps can be replaced. So I went from sixty one point two three two million to. 81.13 million after those cuts. Then I restructured Jones, which saved about 8.8 million, Byron Jones. And then I restructured X with an extension, voiding years, which saved about which saved about 10.1 million. So after my restructure, I got to 99.93 million. So you got about, uh, I let seven, Preston you got about seven million more than me. Yeah, I let Preston walk. I let Brissett walk. I like Pilardi walk. Duke Johnson walk. Will Fuller walk. Um, Roberts walk. Coleman walk, etc. So I let a lot of those guys. Um, you didn't bring back Will Fuller? No, sir. I did not. <laughs> um, so then I'm going to talk about who I kept and then you go about who. Yeah, you go kept. ahead. So I kept Hollins at 1.5 million a year. He went up from 1.275 million. Um, Needham, I signed to five million a year. He gave us about five point five million dollars worth of play last year. Smythe to four million dollars per year. Ogba, twelve million per year. Uh, I brought back Philip Lindsay because he's actually a perfect scheme fit for what we're about to run. These are this scheme is how he had his big years in Denver. I brought him back at one point five million, which was similar to you know he made like three. 0.25 million last year, but obviously he's not going to be making that this year. And then Gesicki, I had them franchise tagged to 11 million. So my cap after all of that, I went from uh, 99.93 million down to 64.93 million. Bro, we, we think a lot alike. <laughs> so I I resigned Mac Collins, and, and I tried to go on the higher end when I talk about these budgets so that if I'm wrong, we have more space. So I did one year, $2 million for Mac Collins. Um, I second round tenure Nick Needham, which was four million dollars. Um, so for what I'm saying is that I'll pay him four million to come back next year. Um, if someone wants to give me a second round pick for him, they can have him. Uh, and that, that yeah, might that's not... what they did with JC Jackson in New England last year, right? Right. So I, I did that. I had Agba come back, but I have him a little higher than you. I have him at five years, seventy five, because I I just went to what Pro Football Focus. Said what they could be the contract, so I have him at fifteen. Spot track had him at eleven million, so I gave yeah, him I saw, million. I saw spot. I gave him one million more on top of that. Yeah, I just went really high again because if it's if it's fifteen million dollars, like you know whatever, because I I didn't factor. Well, in see, X- my thing is I didn't put Ogba at fifteen because if he wants fifteen or sixteen million, sorry, brother, you gotta walk. Same thing with Kaseki. I had him tagged at eleven million because if you want. 13 14 15 million dollars you got to walk potentially here. well you know I, I gave i gave agba his his 15 so like yeah. he should be happy and be deflecting passes left and right um you know for us and then i franchise tag mike Kosicki as well now one thing i i did not factor in the Xavier howard restructure which saves about 10 million in cap space 
Um, and, and that's good because then I have that as a bullet down the road. Um, because if you want, I can jump into, I I've added three players that were not Miami dolphins last year to our roster. Um, I, oh man, I feel like I, I added, I added seven. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Cause it's quick for me. I added three guys and I think we're going to probably have overlap here. And at go. the end of this, when I, after I named the guys that I've signed, and brought back, I still have $24 million in yep. cap space without <laughs> factoring in 10 for Xavier. So we could, we could have a ton. But the first guy I signed was linebacker Devondre Campbell from Green Bay yep. for four years at $40 million, so about $10 million per year. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I just think that the guy's coming off an all-pro year. He's a beast. He, you yeah. put him in the middle of the defense, he, he's a superstar potential player. The second – Name that I signed was James Daniels, four years, thirty-six million at nine million APY. Um, you know, just simply put, I think they're going to love his versatility. They were high on him coming out of Iowa. I think he can play center or right guard for us. If he plays right guard, Robert Hunt could kick out the right tackle. Um, and then my last, which is the home run signing, is mm. Taron Armstead, four years, eighty million at twenty million APY. I think the offensive line looks something like this heading into the draft which would be Taron Armstead, Austin Jackson, Michael Dieter, James Daniels, and Robert Hunt with mm-hmm. Liam Eikenberg being your rotational guy. And I think you you still are adding somebody of a quality player in the draft. But, you know, you, you've added two, you know, upgrades to your offensive line and added a guy who in Taron Armstead who I think is the top five left tackle in football. Hmm. Hmm. So what do you think? Before you get in, what do you think? Do you think like you, you my thinking? What do, what do you think there? Well, I I, I like Devondre Campbell. I had I did my um top ten, uh well top fifteen because I did you know eleven to fifteen as honorable mentions, but I just did my top ten free agent uh targets and I had Devondre Campbell actually um number seven on my list. I mean, yeah, like you, you add so. if you add Taryn Armstead and Devondre Campbell, what you've added to this team is the second and third best player in your team overall, or maybe third and fourth, because I think Waddle's that good, behind Xavier Howard and Jalen Waddle. Like, seriously, yep. Taron Armstead is, is an absolute stud. And and you can't sneeze at bringing back Agba and Mike Kosicki. I mean, you know, I, it was Greg Rosenthal today, and I told you this, I saw in the bottom of the NFL Network, mm-hmm. he had them as both his top 15 free agents. So if you're adding two yeah. of those guys with fixing your line oh, and getting right. an all-pro linebacker, I'm good with it. So I came in with $64.93 million in cap. My big splash, my first big splash, the first signing I'll make during the tampering period. Taron Armstead, three years, $55 million, $40 million guaranteed at $18.3 million per year. Front load it, make it look heavy. Um, my number two signing is going to be James Daniels. God, we think alike, don't we, man? <laughs> Five years, forty-five million dollars, twenty-two of it guaranteed, nine million per year. And we did not talk about this, by the at way, all, at on all, air. at all, at all, at all, at all. So, first of all, with Taron Armstead, you know, I think he's one of the best run blockers in the game. He's scheme diverse in both zone and gap. You know, he's obviously got the familiarity with Frank Smith. Um, he's a legitimate franchise left tackle. Obviously, the big concern is he's never played a full 16 games. Most ever was 15 in 2019, but he's also never allowed more than four sacks in the season. And he's a freakish athlete. Um, James Daniels, um, 
you know, he can play center, right guard, left guard. You know, Greer has apparently been a big fan going back since Iowa. Another great run blocker, decent pass blocker, zone blocking scheme fit going all the way back to college, basically, and not even 25, right? Um, here's a shocker for you at center. You know the Ryan Jensen, but I got money. I got to watch my money, bro. So I took Brian Allen, the center out of Rams. the LA Rams. He's a sure. scheme fit for the outside zone. He's only 26. He's a great run blocker. And he's going to have a reasonable cap hit of about $6 million per year. So I signed him for three years, $18 million, $10 million of that guaranteed at about $6 million per year. Now, everyone knows I loved Allen Robinson, but I got to watch my money. Three-year, $20.5 million contract, $12 million guaranteed, $7.5 per year to Michael Gallup. Get healthy in year one, young son. I'm going to need you in year two because by my plan, I haven't cut Devontae Parker yet, and I still have the draft to go. Yeah. So I can, I can make do. I can draft someone, and you, the guy I draft and Waddle, will be my future. So Michael Gallup, three years, $7.5 million per year. Then roll the dice. I didn't bring back Duke. I'm probably, you know, I didn't re-sign Salvin Ahmed or tender him. You know, I'm going to explore the trade market on Gaskin. Give me Raheem Moser for one year, $2 million right now. Um, and then we need a backup quarterback. Okay, it's nice we signed someone to go, with Striever to go on the practice squad. I love it. But give me Colt McCoy for one year, one and a half million dollars because he's proven he can win games. Yeah, I like Colt McCoy. If he needs to be. And he only made a million dollars last year, so I'll give him a million and a half. And then my linebacker, Foye Aluakin, four years, 36 million, 20 million guaranteed. Atlanta? Nine million per year out of Atlanta. I love this kid i mean we're talking about he can play the interior he can play the weak side he's a good athlete quickness sneaky strength he's only 26 he had 192 tackles in 2021 that's the seventh most ever by a linebacker um you know his high football iq and his play really suffered because he had to make up for Dion jones adjusting to a new position beside him so you know i've spent 53.3 million and that leaves me about eleven point six three million, and about nine to ten is for my, uh, you know, draft class. draft class. And I'm going to explore trading certain guys like Gaskin. I will explore trading Gaskin. Um, if a market does open up for Devonte Parker, I would trade him. Um, and you know, that's uh, so I spent, yeah. I spent uh, I spent a good portion of money there. I spent um, fifty three point three million um, yeah. out of my sixty four point nine three million, and I've brought in a franchise left tackle. I've brought in a guy who can play who can play left guard in James Daniels, um, and you know Brian Allen. So right now I've got Taron Armstead as my um, left tackle. James Daniels, my left guard. Brian Allen is my center. Hunt's my right guard. And then I'm going to go get a right tackle in the draft. Sure. And then my Michael Gallup, get healthy young man. And then I've got you for two and a half years. And then I've added Raheem Moser to a running back room. I'm going to draft another guy too. Cole McCoy is officially my backup. Let's get rolling. And I've got my mic at Foye Lewican 
for the next uh, four years. And if Baker dips or his play dips and I have to move him or I find someone in the draft I like, I can kick him to the weak side. Well, you know what? One The one omission that I made in reviewing this, because I think you get him for a million dollars, maybe a million and a half. But I, I, I might now reconsider and bring back Duke Riley as a backup because I think he did a really good job late in the season. Mm. So I'd, I'd probably add that. I think it was interesting that both of us decided to keep Devontae Parker because I didn't think there was a chance in hell. But like when you look at his contract, man. That's he, why he's sticking around. Right. And, and the way I looked at what I did, so like, you know, without factoring X, because I, I want to see what that shake out to be. Like, I have us at 24 million. So if our draft class is 10, we have 14 million plus whatever we get. In you can the, still go get three good players or two really good players. Right. So, like, I, I was good with that. But you got to, but I'm leaving my mil. See, I left enough money for my draft class. Now, that was my goal. Let, 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 and we'll talk about some couple rumors in a second. But, like, the thing I liked about what I did was the defense. Like, you're going to have. Javon Holland and Brandon Jones is your 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 safeties. You're going to have X Byron Jones, Nick Needham as your three main corners. Your linebacker room is going to be much better with Baker. You know now Duke Riley is a backup and Devondre Campbell. I still think that's a guy in the middle rounds that you're going to add another linebacker to the group. But you have Ogba Van Ginkle and Phillips. You have Sealer Raquan Davis. And Christian Wilkins, so you kept the defense intact. You you really have you don't. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say ignore it in the draft, but you're really drafting for. There's a, my thing is there's a million Duke Rileys in the league. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, no, no. I, and I think we so. And the reason why I went Foye Aluikin over Devondre Campbell is a cap hit, b, um, the age. Like, you know, Foye Aluikin is still very young. I think he's what 24 going on 25. Yeah, he's a young dude. And and he's already like you look at, you know, you talk to Atlanta Falcons fans about him, like he's a beast, man. And Devondre Campbell, what is he like 28, 29 right now? I think 28. Yep. You know what I mean? And really, this season he just had was kind of so far in his career has been an outlier. Yeah, no, no, right, one hundred percent. No, and 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 I, you know, I would take him, but the thing is, because I spent so much money on basically Taron Armstead and James Daniels, you know, twenty-seven million of 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 the sixty-four million dollar cap I had went to those guys. Devondre was basically off. I had to ask myself, did I want like four? I basically got Foyer, Colt McCoy, and Raheem Moser for what? Uh, Devonder Campbell may cost, right? Yeah, right, right. No, yeah. You know, my plan at going into the draft after the, what I did here would be to go receiver and running back early. And yeah. I would still draft. Here's the thing: my needs going into free agency are tackle, center, guard, receiver, running back, linebacker, punter, backup QB, and possibly defensive end. Whether Ogba leaves or even depth if Ogba stays. Sure. So I touched on guard. I solved our left guard problem. I solved our center problem. I solved one of a tackle, so tackle still remains because I still got to get a right tackle. I helped our wide receiver room in the long run, especially. Um, I added to our running back room, so you know we're, there's no pressure. You know because if Raheem Mozart stays healthy, he's going to beast in this offense, right? So there's no pressure to really go super high on a running back if you have to. I've added a linebacker, but I would still draft a linebacker because we always can use depth at that position, even if we don't get a starter. I, I, you know how where I'm at. I want Matarizia in the third if we can get him at 101 all day. Um, I got our backup QB, 
and I, I and I'm looking like you to the draft for edge depth because I think the uh, oh, you like can get, you, you get guys in the fourth team. round that are going exactly. are going to be potential starters one day. Yeah, exactly. So. So that's why. So I think we both had pretty good um, cuz you still got you still got what 13 million you could probably play with before well, that, you got to save 11 next. If they restructure X into 10 million, I would have 23 that could carry over potentially to the next year or to add Well, how much money do you have? Well, how much money do you have with the X restructure? It would put me after signing our draft class to 24 million. Oh, so you have 34 million before the draft. Yes, and then the draft class would bring me down to twenty four million. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you then oh yeah, so you could get like three good players. Then. Well, I honestly, if if that was or two thing, good players and sprinkled the rest of the if money you around. gave me the extra ten million dollars, right? And let's just say that we restructured X in, in your scenario. Got to get on your P's and Q's, bro. I would go out and get Lake and Tomlinson, and then my line would be complete. I wouldn't have to draft anyone. And the way that it would look, where would you me, have James Daniels, right guard, center, right guard. Talking? I'd probably yeah you know what probably center so it would probably be for me Taron Armstead you'd go get Ryan Jensen I would go Taron Armstead Lakin Tomlinson James Daniels um Robert Hunt yeah and then I would honestly just I I probably would roll with honestly Austin Jackson and Eichenberg and let the best person win and I know that's come on not no, ideal but no, you know no you'd have listen, you'd have I've, four listen 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 we got timeout. I've had this conversation, and I'm gonna, uh, okay, listen. What makes people think Eichenberg's going to succeed at right tackle? Well, see, I think Austin Jackson's going to be better. Hold on a sec. When he struggled mightily at his natural position last year, but now we're going to ask him to lead with his right hand, to lead with his right foot, to lead with the right side of his body, and basically learn his how he moves totally all over again, and yet he's already been struggling. Like, Eichenberg... If it doesn't work out at left tackle, it ain't working. Well, yeah, I, I actually in that scenario would think that I my first thought was to kick Robert Jackson Hunter. needs to be a backup. I think they should draft one of their guys. Well, let let, let me just say that when Lakin Tomlinson was in Detroit, he was awful. This is why I struggled with Trent Brown or Taron Armstead. Yeah, no, well, it, it's tough with Taron Armstead because God, do I wish he was a right tackle, but right? The injuries like, too, bro. Oh, they they're I mean, it's like because you remember a lot of people forget Brandon Albert, right? Right, no, but but like Lakin Tomlinson in Detroit was not the quality of a first round pick where he was drafted. No, went to San Francisco. The scheme changed him playing next to Trent Williams. Changed him. I, I actually am going to say that this is probably my crazy prediction, but I think Austin Jackson is going to be the most improved player on the Dolphins next. Oh, year. I think he's going to be our he's going to be our swing tackle. See, I think he's going to start, and I I don't I, I don't I I will see. I, I think he has potential to start for sure, but. If they sign Taron Armstead, you got to start asking yourself where but, he fits because he was not that good at guard. And if Lakin Tomlinson or James Daniel is out there, you know they're going to go after them. Well, as we're talking about Taron Armstead, I know we both had him in the scenario. You know what we can share is that I have been told, and I, you've been told that that is a realistic target for the Dolphins. I I was told that it's one of those deals that looks like it could happen quick. Yeah, um, so tampering I, I, period is what I heard. I, yeah, I think the Taron Armstead Dolphins thing is real. Yeah. Um, I've also heard that a team that could be potentially interested in Saquon Barkley is the Buffalo Bills, and to keep an eye on them trading. Let me ask you this: Would you trade for Barkley? Fuck yeah, I would definitely would. 
Um, you know, and, well, and well, I, and, yo, is everyone in love with what he was three years ago? Because he's lost a step. Like well, he, he's been hurt and he hasn't lived up to his second pick. But you know that that that's the well. It's not even just that. I don't care about. See, everyone was arguing about injury prone on Twitter. I don't care about that. It's the injuries I've told up where it looks like he is not the general generational talent he once was. Like he looks like he's lost a step or two to his game is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, he, he looked he looked pretty rough last year, but he also still had a couple runs against us that made us look silly, right? Like, well, the thing it, is, like, I, I asked, I said this on my show, too. You have to ask yourself if it's going to be, because the rumor is it's a fourth-round pick they're asking, right? Yeah. I, are you, are you going to find anyone better in the fourth or, or later that's better than Barkley, who's lost a step or two? That's a real question you have to ask. Saquon Barkley with a lost steps better than anyone in this draft class That's- by a country mile, <laughs> right? Like I, I, I just like Saquon Barkley is I, I, I don't because then I you got to pay him, right? He's in his last year. Well, it's seven million dollar cap hit. So I, I mean, that's, but then, that's he, then, but then he's got to get paid, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I don't think that you know, I, you know, I, I don't think you're going to give him a Zeke Elliott deal. But I, I would say this outside of Zeke Elliott, I think Saquon Barkley. In modern day, you know, the draft for me is one of the best players overall at that position. I've scouted. I, you know, again, I watched a ton of Penn State that year when they were dangerous with Saquon Barkley. I, I don't know if I've ever seen, you know, a running back like really since Ricky Williams that I followed that closely just dominated that thing. I, the Giants' offensive line had a lot of questions. Andrew Thomas got off to a slow start. Nate Soldier, Soldier was nowhere near the player. No one believes and is fearful of Daniel Jones and he was hurt. I, I like, they were putting Mike Lennon out there. Like there was just a lot of circumstances against Saquon Barkley. If the cost is a fourth round pick and the dolphins have two, like I would get Saquon Barkley to second. I don't think the dolphins are going to go that route. I, I but I, I think you, you get a team like the Buffalo bills and throw him in the mix there. That could be very, very dangerous for us. So I just, I I've heard that that's a connection point. Um, and then I, I think it was reported today because I, I, I've, I've heard a lot of smoke around the Jacksonville Jags wanting Devontae Adams for Trevor Lawrence. So I don't think that I, I think somebody put it, put it that there could be a potential sign and trade. Well, that's not going to happen because Jacksonville is not going to trade the number one overall pick for him. Um, you know, so I, it'll be interesting to kind of see. But those are some of the things that I've heard early. Um, you know, obviously. It's expensive for Taron Armstead, man. It's a, it's it's exciting, but it's it it does have you think a little bit, right? Because Taron Armstead hasn't played a full season. He's a great player, right? There's uh, n- neither you he's or elite I, when he. The thing is, when he plays, he's top three at his position, arguably one of the best. Yeah, I I, I definitely worry about those injuries because, like you said, Brandon Albert, like that we've we've lost in that situation. Albert was okay in Miami. But he wasn't what we wanted, you know. It was he was kind of really like, good when we, yo man, when he was next to um, Tunsil, they were yeah. awesome. Yeah, them, them and Pouncey, like, well, oh, yeah. Well, t- and, and the unicorn line, bro. Well, That's Taron why Armstead's that only getting free because the Saints, you know. I mean, and like, he's going to be thirty-one. Yeah, right? I was going to say there's a lot. Like, I I would be great with the signing of Taron Armstead because I think for four years he gives you a upper echelon left tackle in football, right? Like, I I think he has that. With that said, the cost of signing him could be Ryan Jensen and James Daniels. So, like, see, I, I put him at eighteen point three million for a reason. I'm not paying him twenty plus million. 
The thing that that this is that this discour- the one discouraging thing for me about this draft and about free agency, right? Overall, is the lack of quality at right tackle, right? Like, if you ask me a free agency, I don't want Trent Green, uh, Trent Brown. I, I would take Morgan Moses as my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like could have could have got him on the cheap last offseason too. Yeah, it, it, and I like you know I, I've been a big Daniel Falele guy. Um, for a while. Yeah, but he got kind of worked at the bull, right? Yeah, my, my guy Sanders gave him a tough time. I, I think that the Dolphins Abe Lucas feels like he would fit this scheme. I like Abe Lucas too. Um, I think like I don't I don't personally think 50 is too high for him, but I don't think he goes in the top 50. Like I, I it's interesting to see what they do because like when's our next pick after 50? 101. So we got oh, so see, you gotta make the most of it. Well, and that's why, like you know, I haven't I haven't worked on my mock officially yet because I'm saving it for after free agency. Because they got to move up into the 70s. I think they have to make a move. I don't like like look, dude. They have future picks. Like they they have other picks that they could trade. Um, but the thing is, we don't have anyone we're willing to part with on this roster that could net us a third. Think of it. Who's gonna Devonte Parker's not netting you a third? Well, I mean, you could get a four. you know you could get. Uh, I don't know. That's not the number I've heard. Well, um, I, I know this. When Ryan Tannehill was our quarterback, and if you remember, he came back in that game and we lost to the Colts that season. You know you know what I'm talking about when he came back from the injury mm-hmm. and we lost that game in, in, in Annapolis? At the trade deadline then, the Houston Texans had offered a third-round pick for Devontae Parker, and we declined it. Yeah, but um, how long ago was that, bro? I mean, it's been three years. So, like, exactly, I, I don't know. dude. Like, I've, I haven't heard that. I've heard uh, I've heard fifth or sixth. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And, okay, so. Well, I'm anyway, keeping Parker if that's what the best. Exactly. That's why. That's exactly. I said the same thing when I heard that. Anyways, my whole thing is I lost my train of thought because we started talking about Parker, bro. What were we talking we were about? We talking about receivers, running backs, the draft, 50, right tackle. Oh, I forget. No, I, the, no, the, the draft picks, trading players for – Oh, yeah, team. trading back up into the 70s or whatever. Wasn't that what we were talking about? I yeah, said Byron Jones. Can you get you a third rounder? Yeah. Oh, yeah, who could net us a third rounder? Yeah, Byron Jones. Uh, Gasecki could net you a third rounder at least. Oh, I, Gasecki gets you a second rounder. I would you take that right now? If you franchise tagged him and you knew he wasn't in the future plans, would you turn around and trade oh, him? Yeah, because I think a perfect pick for us would actually be with the Jacksonville Jags at 33. That's why I re-signed Smythe because I'm keeping Smythe, Shaheen, and Hunter Long. And Hunter Long. And Hunter and Hunter Long. And you know, Gasecki's a guy I would dangle. Dude, what if what what number are the Chargers picking that again? Uh, I don't have my sheet. They're 17 in the first round. Okay. Do you think you could dangle him for a first at 17? Nah. Nah. Because really, what are they missing? You you might be able to trade Gesicki and 29 to move up to 17. I'd do that. Here's what I would do. If Traylon starts falling out of 15 or Drake London. Who do you think is the first receiver off the board? I think it's going to be Drake London. But who do you think it is? It's gonna be Traylon or Drake London. I'm oh, I think sure. it's gonna be Drake London too. I think it's gonna be Drake London. I think it's gonna go to the Jets at ten. Ah, uh, and I think the next- I haven't started doing my wide mocks for the for the league yet, and you just killed me. 
Why? Because you think that's where you were going to have them, or because no, I haven't done my mocks yet. I haven't even started mocks. I'm just focusing on my big boards and yeah, my, no, my top really fifty, like, my top ten hundred. Yeah, I haven't even. No, the, the move that I think the Dolphins should make, depending on how the board falls, because if Jamison Williams or Tyler Lindebaum there are making the pick, if those guys are both gone, the move I'm making is that I'm going to trade back with a team that wants to move up to get a quarterback so they can get the fifth-year option. So let's just say that team is a team like – Atlanta, right? They want to get the heir apparent to Matt Ryan and Matt Corral still on the board or something, right? Yeah. If you can get a top 10 pick in the second round and then acquire an additional third round pick, I would do that. So I think by being flexible with your draft picks mm. is probably the way that you can accumulate more picks. Yeah. Um, like we have a plethora of picks the next year, um, but no, I, I think we need to get another third-round pick here. Um, and that's what really this Eichenberg trade pisses me off even more. I know. Because that pick, if we were walking, just taking Creed Humphrey and called it a day. Well, I mean, if we were, we would have had a top, what's that, a top five pick in the top of the third round, which is, you know, beautiful. Um, I mean, it would have been it would have been awesome to have. But, like, you know, we can't live in the past. It is what it is. You know, maybe Eichenberg becomes a good quality depth player, um, you know, whatever that may be. Yeah. But like you know, I, I think the Dolphins, Chris Greer, you got to give him credit. He he's been a wizard when it's come to accumulating draft picks. Where there's a will, there's a way. Something tells me that this Mike Kosicki thing could be a tag and trade. And and then like, look, if we tender Nick Needham and someone signs him and we get a second round pick, I like I don't want to see Nick Needham go out the door. But I pot- I potentially value a second round pick higher than Nick Needham. Yeah, but if it didn't happen for JC Jackson last year, they could have for Nick Needham. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Yep. Yeah. Now it's gonna be. Dude, I mean, look, dude. This is the combine week. It's the quiet before the storm. We have one more week before, um, what we have, ten days or so really before everything's gonna get crazy. Uh, that weekend, I, I mean, we're really a week away. We had eleven. We had eleven days when we started this podcast, but now we have ten, literally. Yeah, no. So, like, I, I'm. Oh, damn! It's almost one o'clock. Woo. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited about this time of year, man. And like, Chris Greer even said it himself. The Dolphins plan on being aggressive. Let's get it. Like, they got a plan, man. And I think that Mike Mc, uh, McDaniel brings a good energy. I think players are going to want to be here, man. It's going to be fun. Wait. All right, Neil. We'll be back here next week, right? Yeah, man, we will, and I and I don't. Yeah, we'll have. I mean, I'm I'm sure we're gonna have a million things. It'll be right talk. before tampering, so we'll be. Yeah, we'll do it. Like maybe we'll do like a quick free agency big board. I know a lot of people have been asking me about like that kind of stuff. You know, we'll talk. We'll, we could connect offline, obviously, but there's a lot. I mean, this it's gonna be juicy in the next couple of weeks, man. There's gonna be a lot of smoke. What's real? What's not? Like, um, you know, franchise tag season. So today is the fourth. So we have, what, only four days left for people to tag, and I haven't seen anyone get the tag. Orlando Brown Jr., Mike it'll, Kosicki. It'll happen at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. I, I think trying to work something out with Orlando, right? If Orlando, bro. That's, that, no, Orlando that Brown. that guy hits free agency, you back the Brinks truck up, and you say, what do you need to go back to right tackle? Oh, I, I if he played right tackle, man, I'd pay him $25 million a year. Don't tease me. All right, let's get out of here. Yep. Guys, we'll be back here next week. To dive back in, fin too deep. Until then, fins up, everyone. Stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And we'll see y'all next time.